You're listening to the P is for Profit podcast with Adam Lean, where it's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep and how much freedom you enjoy. Welcome to P is for Profit, a podcast that breaks down business concepts into simple and clear language. This season is dedicated to interviewing e-commerce experts that can help you improve your e-commerce business. I recently had the pleasure of interviewing the co-founder of a bookkeeping business geared towards e-commerce businesses. He helps e-commerce businesses keep accurate bookkeeping. So why does this matter? Bookkeeping helps you keep score of your business. Imagine coaching a team without being able to know what the score is during the game. It's almost impossible. You must have good bookkeeping so that you know essentially three things. Number one, where and how you're making a profit or a loss. Number two, where the cash is coming from and where it is going. And number three, to ensure that everything is accounted for. Everything in your bank account matches what's in your books. So let's jump into the interview with Scott and learn how he and his team does it. Howdy, business owners. Okay, so imagine all of a sudden being picked to be the head coach for your favorite team. You're in charge. But there's a caveat. You nor your team will get to see any data the entire season. You won't know the scores of the game. You won't see the stats of the players on your team. The entire season, you will be in the dark on how well the team is doing. How will you, the head coach, know how to manage your team? How will you know if you're winning? How will you know what players to bring on, which ones to bench? How will your fellow coaching staff know how to manage their departments? As you can imagine, this will lead to disaster, but it happens all of the time in small business. The quote unquote head coach is operating without knowing how their business is doing. So what should you as the head coach of your team do to ensure that you know how your business is doing at all times? So to help answer this, I've invited the owner of one of the best e-commerce bookkeeping services around, CatchingClouds.net, on the show today. Scott, welcome to the show. Good morning, Adam. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited uh, to have you on because I, you know, it, it, the the whole point of business is to make a profit, which turns into cash flow that the owner can do what they want with. They can give it all the way to charity. They can reinvest back in their business. They can save for retirement. But but in order to know how to to make a profit, they have to know how they're doing. They have to keep score, if you will. But before we dive in, tell me, uh, you know, what led you to owning a uh, e-commerce focused bookkeeping company. <laughs> it's really kind of funny because I'm a 30 plus year IT geek and every once in a while it just boggles my mind that this is where I've ended up and I'm so happy. But it really started with the fact of me marrying my wife, Patty. Uh, she's an accountant um, and uh, a CPA, a power user, as well as had her own um, after she did the big five. Uh, had her own bookkeeping and really outsourced controller uh, service. I was working for a global multinational doing IT communication stuff and everything else, but we kept talking about what did we want to do together. And I wanted to get back to being an entrepreneur um, after spending time in a you know national company and then an international company. Um, and she said, hey, if I built this business, would you help? And I said, sure. Um, and so we started kind of pulling it together and there's so much technology when we started talking about this in 2010, um, and 2011, where the cloud was just coming together that, that, you know, was really where 
accounting and cloud technology came together. So there was a ton of technology for me to play with. And then we always knew that we would focus on a specific niche. We weren't sure right away, but our first client in January of 2012 was an Amazon FBA seller. And I geeked out on it from there. It's complex. Uh, there's a lot of money in it. Uh, Amazon does all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's so difficult to get to all the data, which I could do. And then Patty could turn that into uh, accounting and financial data. And then we've always meant to build this as a business, not just a job to keep us busy. And now we've got a team of 19. And we've been doing this for seven years and really consider ourselves the leaders in e-commerce accounting because uh, we're just so focused on it about, you know, working on our business and delivering value to our clients and being part of the community, both the e-commerce community as well as the accounting community. Very interesting. Uh, I mean, it's so the, the reason why you focus on e-commerce is because your first client was e-commerce focused. That that's kind of where we got a touch for them, but we looked, we did a couple, we did a local uh, chamber of commerce and we looked around from that point. But when we looked at the market, you know, there's services market and there's nonprofit. And so we looked at all of those, um, but we had this one client and the, the more we worked on it, we realized there were like no accounting tools. And that Amazon has all these crazy fees and literally created a new fee like every week. Okay. Like, like, and it was the more we got into it, um, the more interested. Plus, it had such a future view. It's like growing like mad. At the time, there were maybe a million Amazon sellers, even less. And now there are six million Amazon sellers in the US. So it kind of fit all of those models. But that's what got us, you know, first because we got to see inside. So it just the way it worked out. I'm happy about it. Interesting. So I've worked with a, a ton of businesses and I would say that most businesses bookkeeping is not what I would consider up to par. <laughs> so let me ask you, what do you, how do you define good bookkeeping? How would a listener know whether they're doing the books themselves or they have an, they have an outsourced bookkeeper or an internal team? How do they know whether or not their books are being, are, are just simply good? So it's a couple of things. I mean, that, that's important. So every entrepreneur, no matter how much you hate accounting, and I don't like it, but um, I do it and I'm happy about this business, but you have to do every job. You, you have to run and be in every single position, whether it's bottle washer or, you know, cook or whatever. And no matter what your business is in e-commerce, you have to do the accounting enough so that you understand enough because you care more about your business than anybody else. And you care about those numbers, even if you don't really understand it to begin with. The next piece I would say is, is uh, read a book from my perspective. One of the things I did, not only talking to my wife, but read a book called Financial Intelligence for Entrepreneurs, which really talks about kind of bigger businesses, but kind of introduces these concepts that you kind of have to educate yourself. So you at least know the verbiage, you know, what's the balance sheet versus the income statement or the P&L and what belongs each one and what's an asset or a liability. And there's some basic verbiage, no matter what you get involved in, that you, you really should know. And then the idea is that you need to have somebody, whether it's your CPA or for every business, you talked about a coach, every business should have an, a bookkeeper or an accountant, okay? Uh, and those are different, who can actually explain what they're doing and coach you on it to the point where you understand it. You don't have to be an expert on it, but you have to understand it. And once you've got a level of understanding and then you look at the numbers, then you should be able to ask every question possible until you 
understand your own numbers and you can look at the financials and go, oh, I know what that means. I know what it means for my business. So it's just one of the key things. And then once you get that base knowledge and you find someone you can trust, you can let them do the bookkeeping and the accounting, and then you can touch base monthly and look at the statistics or the financials to understand what's going on. But you just have to focus in on it no matter how much you hate it. You know, if you're a husband-wife team and we deal with a lot of those, if one of you deals with the financials in the house and the other one doesn't, get that person that, that works with the financials to focus on it until you have that understanding and then go together. And it's just that same thing as an entrepreneur. You have to continually educate yourself, but there really is a base set of financial accounting knowledge that once you've got it, then you really can work with someone like us or someone like you um, because they actually have it. You have to be able to talk the talk. Yeah. Why, why do business owners, why, why are they so scared or, or afraid of the financials? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, one, it's everybody's got this, different people have different weird emotional attachments, uh, connections to money. Like, like I was all concerned about the debt when I got together with an accountant, you know, wife. Um, and she looked at it and went, oh, this is lame. And then she just didn't care. She just fixed it. You know, I have credit card debt and things like that. You know, married an accountant, mm -hmm. it all up. So that's the first piece. <laughs> just put that aside. Keep in mind, like you said, it's the scorecard. However you have to look at it, it's the scorecard. It's the statistics related to your business. And I think that's a great way to look at it. Small businesses are the most undercoached uh, entity out there. Okay. You have coaching for soccer, you have coaching for baseball, you have coaching for all kinds of different things. For some reason, small businesses think, Oh, I've just got to hit, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I need to know, but I'm constantly reading new books um, and learning more about being an entrepreneur. And you just have to put that aside and then just say, okay, what do I need to understand to run my business? Um, so that at the end of each month I can sleep better and I understand how profitable they are. It just, it's a combination of things, um, but for the most part, if you're serious about it, it's not a hobby and you're running a business and you expect to get money out of the back end of it and know what's going on, uh, this is one of those things you just have to take the time and rip off the Band-Aid and do. Should, book, should business owners uh, try to do the books themselves? What are, what's for, your philosophy on that? For a short while. You really should do every job all the way to the bottom yourself. Like, like if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an e-commerce business, you should pack boxes. You should order purchase order stuff. Whatever business you're in, if you're serious about it, you should do every single job. Okay? Like, you should. And, and if you're really a smaller business, especially e-commerce, you should be spending your money on products and marketing, not even paying yourself. So you can't afford or you shouldn't be spending your money. Otherwise, that's impacting the money you have to kind of get off the ground. Uh, to get going and every business should do that. And so there's great training around zero.com, the cloud uh, accounting that we use. Um, we have courses to give people the basics for smaller sellers so that they can do it themselves, um, that you can do it. Now, this could be a week. You could do it every day for an hour for a week and decide you're done. <laughs> or you could do it for the first three, six, 12 months of your business until you're at the point where, you know, the best and most valuable use of your time is to pay somebody else to do it. Um, and, and so, uh, but you, whether that's a week or one weekend or three months or whatever, um, you really have to, as an owner of a job, go do every single job. And then 
go, oh, I need to hire a high school student to do this one. And oh, I need to hire an international, vir uh, international virtual assistant to do these three jobs online. And then, you know, and then I'm going to hire a full-time person to do this. And then this is what my role as a owner is going to be. Uh, you have to decide those things. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. And by the way, the Financial Intelligence for Entrepreneurs book, absolutely mm -hmm. agree with you. It's, it's gold. Every business owner needs to read that. And it's kind of funny when you mentioned it. It's actually that book is sitting on my desk right now because I had to look up something yesterday for a client. And I knew that book had a, a good definition of it. So mm -hmm. how, what a small world, but I would a hundred percent agree with you. So let me ask you this, when, whether a, a business owner is doing the books themselves or they have a team or they're outsourcing it, what are some, what are some signs? And you may see this for clients that come to you, you know, mm -hmm. at, at the beginning of an engagement, what are some signs that a business owner can look for to know that their books are just not, effective they're not giving them the right information yeah well the first unfortunately is if you don't have access to it in real time so if you're working with an accountant or bookkeeper that has a copy of your quickbooks desktop file and they send you the file once a month and say here you go here's your accounting file that's worthless to you okay like there are tools, they're both free accounting, but whether you use Zero or QuickBooks Online, you want to use the cloud accounting tool that you have real-time access, whether you're a night owl or a morning or whatever, to get to it. The next thing is, is if you don't realize, most of the data entry work is automated. You can take these tools and connect the bank fees and credit cards, and it automatically pulls all that data in. So you're not paying someone to type in information. Just that alone will make sure that you have every bank account, every credit card, and you can look and say, oh yeah, I spent money. Oh wait, where's my you know, Amex card that, that's related to the business? If you can get all the information in there efficiently, then of course you have to post your income and invoices and things like that. But if you work through these tools, they'll cost you $30 a month or $70 a month. It is one of the first, first outside tools you should invest in, okay? It really is. Um, so even if you don't know how to assign it or apply payments or, or, you know, close the books, at least you're capturing all the information and it will give you at least some basic information that is better than just looking at your bank account to say, oh, I got 20 grand in the bank. I must be doing well. All that tells you is you have $20,000 of available cash, but it doesn't tell you that you've got a $10,000 bill the next day. Okay. That's due or anything else, but just the basics of doing that, you wouldn't believe the number of $10 million plus e-commerce businesses that are under six months old, that have grown really, really fast, that have spreadsheets in a bank account and no financials, okay? So if you're serious about being a business, you just have to set up either Zero or QuickBooks Online um, and connect the bank feeds and start pulling that information and then go, ooh, what's next? Ooh, I have to get all my invoices in here. Ooh, what's next? I have to get all my bills in here. Oh, what's next? I have to get all my inventory in here. You just work your way through it and you'll be closer um, to having accurate books if all the data is in there. And then a bookkeeper, accountant, or CPA can clean it up once a month or once a quarter um, and it'll cost you a lot less and then you can keep tabs on things and then just incrementally learn to get better. That is kind of the main thing is they're just not tracking things better or they think they're saving money by not paying for, you know, an accounting tool. And it's one of the bigger mistakes. Yeah, I 100% agree. So if a business owner 
who starts what you're, you know, what you just talked about. They, they either get on zero or QuickBooks and they start taking that first step and then they, they take the next step and so on. And, and let's say that they're a non-financially minded business owner. They're more of an expert at the craft of their business. What, what is the one report that they need to get to know intimately first in their oh, accounting software? That's, that's a tough part um, because in, until, I mean, the, the challenge is, is that unless you have somebody, unless you've made sure that the balance sheet balances and everything's done right, you can't necessarily trust the financials. It's just kind of record keeping. It's not something that'll give you detailed, accurate information. So as soon as you're at that point, I would think that you could hire an accountant or a bookkeeper to clean things up and post things and just say, okay, you know, hey, I've done the last 10, 15%. Then um, the, the first thing everybody wants to know is how profitable they are. And so that's the income statement is the, look, this is how much income came in. This is how much expenses came out. Um, and to see and tell you if you're profitable or not. That's like the first thing you want to do. Now, from a more advanced person, we'll look at the balance sheet to see what your liabilities and equity and how much, you know, how the business is doing. But I would say it's that income statement is the first one. But you have to make sure you've done the additional work to make sure that there's just a level of accuracy before you can trust it. But then once you can, you can look at it on a regular basis and understand what's going on in your business. And that, that's where I'd say you'd want to start. Yeah, makes complete sense. So let me switch gears from just bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. Where do you see e-commerce going? <laughs> uh, well, e-commerce is going to continue to grow. Now, the question is, is Amazon, are we all just going to, you know, is Amazon going to take over the world and we're all right. <laughs> for Amazon? Um, yeah. So uh, uh, e-commerce, um, e-commerce is still a little bit like it's in the second phase of being the wild, wild west. Okay, so the last 10 years or so was kind of the first phase where there was just crazy amount of opportunity. You know, um, it is definitely maturing and maturing faster than anything else. But e-commerce is a great place that if you have an idea or a niche, and in my view, the best way to go is to be as, as focused as possible. So let's say you're, you know, a cyclist, you would pick, I'm just going to make the best wheels and maybe not even the best wheels but the best front wheel ever like mm -hmm. like the more focused you can be and then build a community around social media and um focus in and then be super efficient about buying that product and providing a great product you can be really really successful because amazon's taken the we can sell anything because they now have a couple hundred brands that they're selling under their amazon basics or other names that you don't realize are owned by amazon and they've kind of taken the everything kind of approach, okay? Um, but for a small business, you can focus in on a small niche and you can focus on a few, kitchenware, whatever else. But the more you focus, it tends to scare people. Same thing with our practice from an accounting perspective. The more you focus, the better your marketing is, the clearer your vision is, the clearer your communication is, the, the less clutter you have. Um, but from an e-commerce space, it is a great opportunity. Over 50%, and it's growing every month, of all the sales on Amazon.com are from third-party sellers. There are about 6 million of those sellers now. It is probably five times harder to sell on Amazon than it was even five years ago um, because there's more competition and Amazon evolved and, and there's a lot going on. But it's a huge opportunity. Or to set up your own Shopify site and sell your own brand 
Um, and it is just, there's just a huge opportunity because the barrier to entry is so low. I mean, there's a lot of things to learn and you need some capital, but if you have some capital and you're willing to risk it and you're, you're willing to put some focus in, you can do really well on e-commerce because you can just list stuff on Amazon and Amazon's pulling everyone in there. Now they take 20 to 25% of every sale or more before, before you pay for marketing. But at the same time, everybody's already coming there versus, hey, I built a Shopify site. Nobody can find it except my mom to sell on. So there are different challenges, but there is really a huge opportunity, whether you're buying products locally and you want to help your local community and find a manufacturer that's not selling, or you want to design your own product and buy it from China and have it designed and built in China. Anything along those lines, there's just so many different entrepreneurs and so many different business models that it's going to continue continue to evolve and be an opportunity for entrepreneurs that are willing to you know have that risk mindset a reasonable risk mindset and have some capital um, but you have to have focus you just can't take a shotgun approach to it and and be successful but I think there's just a huge opportunity worldwide for people to sell online for all those products that we all need and want to buy so what do you believe makes some people successful at e-commerce while others struggle. What separates the two? Yeah. So um, the first thing and really kind of applies to kind of all entrepreneurs, but specifically e-commerce businesses is that to be successful, like I said, you need to pick a niche and a product you're going to sell. And then the next thing is all about efficiency. Okay. This is, this is high pace, 24 by seven, everything's going on and that the business owner's after they've done each job in the business, they need to make sure they step away from the business and that the people that focus working on their business, not in their business, and that the majority of the time, or at least half the time of a business owner, they are looking at what systems and processes and tools and checklists and making sure if they hire somebody, those people are as efficient as possible because otherwise you've just created a 80 hour, 100 hour a week job for yourself. If you don't take a step back and really look at the efficiency, um, because and if you're not focusing on efficiently uh, efficiency, an e-commerce business can be just completely insane. So when I talk to people, you know, what we want everyone should do is really focus on efficiency and sanity first and build the business. Like if you're a one man show that you have two or three people helping, whether it's family members or the kid next door or an international virtual assistant, um, you want to really be thinking in that mindset and those people that work on their business and take the time to read business books. So whether it's Profit First or Rocket Fuel um, or Traction and books in the EOS, the Entrepreneur Operating System, or they're paying an advisor like you or somebody else to help provide structure to their business. And then they focus on doing those things and that you don't want to you know, plan for the next 10 years, but you sure can look out the next three to six months and say, well, you know what? I really need to add this person. And then when you're ready and you can, your business can afford it, outsourcing critical functions. So if you're an e-commerce business, it's how soon can you outsource the shipping? Because if you're shipping everything out of your own garage and it's taken over your living room, that's a great way to start. Lots of people start that way. But when you get to that point where it's worth the cost and the overhead, have pay somebody else to do that, then you can massively scale your business. And then that frees up a ton of your time and you're not packing boxes until three o'clock AM every night. So then when you're ready, 
outsourcing accounting, okay? And then when you're ready in e-commerce, let's say outsourcing listing your products to an international virtual assistant, it's costing you a few hundred dollars per month. So that that's really the piece. And then as the owner, you decide where do you provide the most value or is the most fun for you? That could be purchasing products, that could be designing products, that could be selling, that could be doing business research, whatever that is, at first, as a business owner, you have to do everything, okay? And then you outsource the things you don't want to do effectively, and then you move on, and you just have to continue to uh, look at that. Another book I'd recommend is a book called Virtual Freedom, uh, which is a great book that really talks about how do you think before you hire that first virtual accountant. So if you've read The 4-Hour Work Week and things along those lines, this is a book that'll give you kind of the guiding on how you do that if you're like a one-man show. But if you're already a business, then it's how do you make as the owner your team as efficient as possible. What's the name of that book again? Virtual Freedom. Okay. And then, of course, there's Tim Ferriss' Four-Hour Workweek. Yes. Well, Scott, this has been very, very valuable and helpful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there Where can people uh, learn more about you and about uh, Catching Clouds? So, of course, you can go to our website, um, catching, www.catchingclouds.net, um, or look on YouTube. A great way to get to know us, and we have over 100 YouTube videos, is go to Catching Clouds Academy in YouTube. So we have a new video every week. They're all my wife, so you, know, you don't have to listen to me more. I'm on a few of them. <laughs> but the whole point is to provide feedback for um, guidance for all sellers, as well as accountants. So we have quite a few people that follow us, so there's a lot of content for accountants helping e-commerce businesses. There's a lot of fundamentals like how to read a balance sheet and an income statement for an e-commerce business. Um, and then of course we have our training courses um, uh, if you're looking at doing things yourself. Um, but those are probably the two uh, best places to see what we're either up to or uh, what we're thinking about. We have a lot of book reviews for different books that we've read. Um, those are probably the, the best uh, places to find out what we're up to and then uh, to reach out to us. Excellent. And we'll make sure we put those in the show notes as well. Well, Scott, thank you so much for coming on today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. The P is for Profit podcast is sponsored by the CFO Project. We help small business owners and entrepreneurs pocket bigger profits. If you're ready to discover the five changes required to boost your profits this quarter, you'll want to attend our latest presentation, Why Your Small Business Might Not Be As Profitable As It Should Be. Register at the CFO slash video.